0: welcome to our back porch. We're so glad that you are joining us. If you would take just a few seconds to like and share us on Facebook and then if you are listening to our podcast if you would subscribe and rate us with five stars. That would be awesome. Yes. So today we are continuing our study of Pursue the Intentional Life by Jean Fleming and we want to really encourage you to get the book and read it for yourself along with us. There's just so much great stuff in this book that we can't share at all in the time that we have. So please read along with us so you don't miss something that really God wants to speak to you. Now today we're starting in chapter 11 and it is called Beautiful, Living in the Fullness of What Christ Wants for Me. So let's pray as we start. Father, prepare us for what you have for us today. We consecrate ourselves to you and pray that you will use us, that you will speak through us. It is all about you and not about us, not about our opinions. It is all about your truth. We ask that you will stir the hearts of those who are listening. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to understand your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: When we ask Jesus to move into our lives, he comes with a truckload of blessings. Uh, That is the first big statement that Jean makes in this chapter. And she begins this chapter with a passage from Ephesians chapter one, verse three. It's probably familiar to you, but we're gonna kind of pick it apart a little bit this morning. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So let me share that passage with you from the Passion Translation, where it says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all of our hearts. We must understand those spiritual blessings don't fall on us because of anything that we have done only because of what Jesus has done for us. That first begins with praise be to the God who has blessed us. I love that word blessed. Um, it has such beautiful meaning. And I would wonder if you have felt that sense of blessing. Maybe someone has spoken over you um, and how that feels. Uh, There are two words in the Greek for blessed, and one of them means happy and prosperous. And that is the word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter five in the Beatitudes where he speaks that list of Beatitudes and blessed are those. But the one that we are looking at in this passage today literally means to speak well. God the Father who has spoken well of us in the heavenly realms. Did you hear that? God who has spoken well of us. Can you remember a time when someone has spoken a word, a kind word, um, genuinely over you, spoken it about you or to you? You probably felt honored and touched by that. Can you grasp the thought that God has spoken well of us?
0: Amen. Well, verse 3 goes on to say, He has spoken well of us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Spiritual blessings are heavenly blessings. We have blessings here on earth, and those are nice, but they don't last, whereas heaven's treasures are forever So if you go back to the first chapter of Ephesians, you'll find these spiritual blessings. He chose us. Mm -hmm. He made us holy. He adopted us. He poured out his grace on us. He shows us kindness. He gives us freedom. He gives us wisdom and understanding. We have an inheritance that is in heaven. Mm -hmm. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. And he has included us. But we won't experience or appreciate these spiritual blessings if we haven't learned what it means to live in Christ. Mm -hmm. To live in Christ is to live in the fullness of what Jesus did for us on the cross.
1: Amen. And I love that the Passion Translation of Ephesians 1-3 says that he has lavished on us. That is one of my favorite words in scripture. Uh, We see that in 1st John, it says that God has lavished his love on us. Lavish means luxurious and elaborate and to bestow on us extravagantly. And that's what God has done. He has lavished on us these spiritual blessings because he sees us wrapped into Christ covered by his blood that was shed so that we might be presented to him to the Father, through him to the Father. Um, I once was in a teaching on what it meant to be in Christ and how God sees us in Christ. And I decided today that we would go elementary for a moment because personally I need a little elementary every now and then. Um, But that, that visual of, how God sees us in Christ. And so this little person is representation of us in our sin before receiving Christ as our redeemer and our savior. And when Jesus came to us, when we called out to him and asked him to be our Lord, we were wrapped in the blood of Jesus covered by his blood and then when we are presented to the father he sees us clean he doesn't see that sin Mm -hmm. he sees us as righteous and that's what it looks like to be in christ and what it looks like to be seen by the father that's why he can speak well of us Mm -hmm. colossians 2 9 and 10 says For he is the complete deity, speaking of Jesus, the complete fullness of deity, which means fully God, living in human form, which means fully man. And our own completeness is now found in him. So we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows in us, just Think of that, the fullness of God himself, because Jesus was fully God and fully man and died on the cross for us. The fullness of God himself, through Jesus Christ, overflows within us. I hope you understand why this is so important. This helps us to understand who we are in Christ. We often live like a beggar or an orphan in poverty, rather than as a child of God. Excuse me while I take a sip of water. We live as if we were impoverished, rather than living as if we belong to God. We are a child of His, filled with His, to overflowing with His, not just His being, but his blessings that we've already spoken of and his power. Doesn't that make
0: you want to learn to live into the fullness of that? Absolutely. (laughs) So living into the fullness of Christ in us means several things. Um, We learn to live in our identity in Christ. You're not defined by your roles. You're not defined by your successes or your accomplishments. You're also not defined by your failures and your shortcomings. You are who Christ made you to be. You are who He says that you are. So when you live in your identity in Christ, you come to understand that you are His forever. He will never leave you or forsake you. Your circumstances may change, but your identity in Christ is secure. It also means that we learn to live in the fullness of His forgiveness. The enemy wants you to believe that forgiveness is conditional or temporary, but he is a liar (laughs) and that is a lie. And when you finally realize that you have complete forgiveness in Christ, it should bring you to tears because it is so beautiful and so humbling. So Jean describes it this way. She says, when we stand before the Lord, knowing well our sinfulness and knowing well that we deserve condemnation, the Lord says to us what sin Mm. isn't that amazing Mm. psalm 133 and 4 sums it up this way lord if you kept a record of our sins who O lord could ever survive but you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you thank you lord we
1: also learn to live in the fullness of his word Mm -hmm. we should pray every day that we would crave the Word of God, and that the Word of God would dwell in us richly. And when that happens, you will find yourself speaking bits of Scripture throughout your day. You may not fully memorize a passage. You may not even be able to go back and find that with its address in the Scripture, but you will find the Word of God spilling out uh, as you go through your day. That's beautiful to me, just to know that. And then we learn to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever considered that idea, that truth, that Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit? That we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to hear God's voice through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. And Jean says that so beautifully. She says, I want to cooperate with God's intention that Christ live his life through me all the way to the grave. To live in the fullness of the Spirit, day after day, is the work of a lifetime. She says, maturity in Christ and being full of the Spirit are not synonymous. The newest believer, can live in the fullness of the Spirit and often does. But again, she says, but to live in the fullness of the Spirit day after day is the work of a lifetime. And then she goes on to tell us what that work looks like. That work is listening, and then responding, and then repenting, and then surrendering, and then there's listening and learning and allowing the Holy Spirit to change our mind, to change our plans, to change our actions, and then we go back to listening. So would you pray with me? Oh, Father, just as Jean wrote, may we desire to cooperate with your plan as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Father, I pray that we would be a sweet aroma, the fragrance of Christ to those around us. May we be transformed into your image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit within us.
0: May the Spirit in us be revealed as a treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Lord, thank you that you have chosen us to make known the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in us, our hope of glory. May we do more than read your words. May we absorb them. May we allow them to marinate in us imprint them upon our hearts, minds, and wills. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, that brings us to chapter 12. We try not to let the nature be a distraction, but every now and then. That brings us to chapter 12, and she calls this the Ministry of Countenance. Now, I will say this is where Jean really got to me with this idea that my face and my body language speaks a thousand words. And we have to stop and ask, what is it saying? What is my face saying? What is my body language saying? Does it say, I love Jesus and I am filled with the joy of his spirit and I am interested in you? Or does it say, I call myself a Christ follower, but I'm not really feeling it.
0: That's hard. So convicting.
1: Right there. (laughs) Our face and our body language tell it all. Mm -hmm. I used to have this conversation with a couple of my children, especially in their teenage years. And I would say they would not hold back the facial expressions, I will say. And most of that they got from their father. (laughs) Don't tell him I said that. but you always do what they were thinking by the look on their face. And I would say to them often, your face should not always express what you're thinking. (laughs) So you should just smile and keep your thoughts to yourself. And as often often as the case is that we don't realize that we've got that face on. Uh, We don't realize it and so, uh, We are guilt. We are all guilty of this, and we must be more intentional with it. It just, it's, it's just a practice that we must work at uh, hard.
0: (laughs) I have that face, so. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verses 6 and 7 say, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. So wouldn't it be awesome to see the face of Jesus? Wouldn't you like to know what the woman who was caught in adultery saw in Jesus's face? Or imagine the leper as Jesus reached out his hand to touch him What did he see in the eyes of Jesus in that moment? Or think of the woman at the well talking with Jesus. Did the expression on his face prepare her heart to hear the words that he spoke to her? 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, um, it gives us an amazing visual of Christ in us and what that means. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And then Jean says it like this. Those of us who are Christ followers, who carry around in our bodies the treasure of knowing the gospel and the Holy Spirit himself, should radiate something of that wonder. Mm -hmm. How could there not be a certain glory about us? Surely some radiance should be seeping out between our ears." May it be so.
1: Uh, Jean finishes this chapter by telling us about Carl and Mary Jane carl she said was a small man in his late 90s and when they would encounter him at church he would come toward them with his finger pointed to heaven saying i'm going to see him soon and at the age of 100 carl left this earth and went to heaven to be with his savior and sometime later his daughter commented to jean that every time carl spoke of his salvation experience, that moment that he asked Jesus to come in and be his Lord and receive that gift of salvation, every time he spoke of it, it always sounded as if it just happened. And Gene says, Carl never lost his redemption wonder, and it showed in his face. Oh, may we go back and remember the redemption wonder. Then she spoke of Mary Jane, who was a widow and who was born with cerebral palsy. And so she had a, a face twisted in a perpetual smile, but she was witty and sprightly, she says, in spite of her circumstances and, and considerable health change, ta- challenges, Mary Jane traveled the world ministering uh, in t- to handicapped people and doing mission work. But Jean says, what touched me most about
0: Mary Jane was her joyful face. She goes on to say that neither Carl nor Mary Jane will probably make the cover of Life magazine or People magazine. um, But their faces are truly beautiful countenances that minister the joy of the Lord. So here are a few things to think about. A joyful countenance is not dependent on circumstances, on your health, and especially not on your age. Christ followers should never become grumpy old people with grim faces. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Allow your face to tell the world about Jesus yeah. and the joy that he has given you and the love that he has for others. Yeah. In Ecclesiastes 8.1 we read, Wisdom lights up a person's face softening its harshness. Yeah. Does your countenance prepare a space in the hearts of others to see Jesus in you. Let's pray. Lord, I want my face to minister your joy to others. Help me to always communicate encouragement and interest in others. May my countenance always serve your purpose and not reveal my selfishness. Give me the face of Jesus so others can see him in me. It may seem challenging to have this ministry of countenance when we're wearing masks and face coverings all the time. Uh, But William Shakespeare once said the eyes are the window to the soul. And Jesus says the eye is the lamp of the body. You draw light into your body through your eyes and light shines out to the world through your eyes. So use your eyes to minister to others. (laughs) You really can see smiling eyes
1: you really can Uh, countenance is also connected to body language and to gentle touch so i would say to you don't get caught up in the negatives of the wearing mask and face coverings Uh, let it be a way that makes you become more intentional to minister to others through your countenance so that's your challenge for the week (laughs) now each week we ask you what made you smile this week what made you smile this week i hope right now that your brain is kind of churning i hope if you're a regular uh, watcher that you will already be prepared for that question yes Um, put it in the comments i I get to tell you that uh, one of my smiles yes and as you're thinking would you share that with us we so are blessed by your comments and so would you Put that in your comments what made you smile this week it could just be just about anything but begin to write those down because sometimes we just need to remember the blessings this week my daughter was cleaning out some old files and she found an essay she wrote we think in fourth grade by the way she got a hundred on it so <laughs> um but it just made me smile with um This is it. Show and tell. I get to show and tell Uh, with phrases like my mom loves me so much and my mom is fun. (laughs) My mom is never lazy because she only sits down for a few minutes. (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) My mom is pretty because she spends time doing her hair and my mom never gets mad at me.
0: Lots of smiles there. Amen. Well, I smiled. I recently got my wedding album back um, I ordered a, did one of those books online and so I was sharing it with some family members this week and just to go back and remember that special day and to relive it with with them, uh, walk through it with them. And we were all just smiling together. And that was that was really nice. So we hope that you have a blessed week with lots of joy and smiles.